Hello, hello, and welcome back to Life Extraordinary. I'm your show host, Roberto, coming to you from Whistler, British Columbia. And once again, still sitting here out by the trees, looking at them tower above me. And of course, I thought I'd continue with my series called When in Canada. Because, well, the series is called When In, uh, as part of an extraordinary life that I've been doing. And I really enjoyed doing the last episode um, by saying, you know, uh, when in the forest and the things to do. And I thought, you know, why don't I um, do it this way as well and say, I'm going to... Um, ah, I see what I did different there. I'm going to uh, do this series on when in Canada because there's so many things to do in Canada. There's so many adventures to be had. And uh, I know the country quite well. So I'm going to kick it off pretty quick here by saying, when in Canada, you must most definitely head up to see the polar bears. Really? The polar bears? There's polar bears in Canada? Yes, you kick out to uh, Winnipeg, uh, Manitoba, and from there you grab a flight all the way up to a small town called Churchill. And this town has... um, This town has a very unique aspect about it in that it's just on the shores of Hudson Bay or James Bay. The bottom part of the bay is called James Bay and the, the whole entire thing together, Hudson Bay. And, uh, and this is a big body of water. If you look at Canada and you look at the northern section of the country, you'll see this giant cup-like area between Quebec and Ontario. And, uh, well, Quebec, Ontario and uh, Manitoba. These are provinces, by the way, you Americans, um, not states. And you will see this big body of water known as Hudson Bay and James Bay. What's really unique about this body of water is that it freezes over um, in wintertime because the mixture of salt and uh, salt water and seawater, because there's a lot of seawater, then uh, you get that freezing effect. And the polar bears... They use this as a platform to go hunting. They jump onto the ice, and from there they hunt seals. They hunt um, seals, and they hunt more seals. <laughs> that is indeed their number one um, meal of the sea. And for those that were unaware, polar bears are actually marine mammals. And that's to say that uh, if they were to be classified as what type of mammal, they're the ones that would be in the ocean because they can swim up to, uh, I think it's 60 to 100 miles of open water. Imagine that. That's insane. So up in Canada, when in Canada, head up to Churchill, Manitoba, and there's a company called Frontier Adventures, and they do this wicked, cool, extraordinary tour where they take you out on these giant tundra buggies to see polar bears. And these buggies are, are big-wheeled trucks that you can see polar bears from. We've got a caller, Carson, taking the next caller. How are you? You're going to have to unmute your microphone. Oh, disappeared on me. <laughs> maybe, maybe he wasn't sure what he was doing there. But, um, but so you get onto these. Oh, he's back. <laughs> Hi, Carson. Um, so you get back to these uh, tundra buggies. Oh, well, we're going to try this again. Hello, hello. You're awesome. Let's see if we can hear each other now. You're awesome. Oh, thank you. Where are you calling from? 
Toronto. Oh, oh thanks, Carson. And uh, what are you interested about in life? Turtles. <laughs> Turtles are pretty cool. But right now, I'm chatting about polar bears. Um, and so, uh, I'd like to tell you a bit more about them. And so, you head up to this part of Canada, and you head out onto the land um, in this giant tundra buggy. And this buggy has massive, massive tires. And you go out there, and the smell of bacon and the smell of uh, cooking on the, this giant tundra buggy brings the polar bears up close to your buggies. And they literally put their big paws up on the side of the rig and uh, and ask for a meal. <laughs> well, they don't ask for a meal, but that's what they're really looking for. Because the reason polar bears congregate here in, uh, in winter or at, at, in beginning of winter, November, which is the time of year to go see them, is simply because um, they're waiting for the ice to form so that they can head out on the water and hunt seals. And they do arrive very meager and tired and, uh, and definitely uh, not in the best shape that you would imagine a polar bear to be. And this makes it such that um, their hunting is, uh, is not as effective at the beginning as it ends to be later on. Um, but anyways, I digress because now I'm just talking about polar bears. And really what I wanted to talk to you about is the things to do in Canada. So number one on the top of my list is head up to Winnipeg. Uh, then take another flight to Churchill, Manitoba, get on these giant tundra buggies and go looking for polar bears. And you will have them up close and personal in a way that you could never imagine truly to have a polar bear so close. Um, next up on my list would be to kick you over to an island few have heard of, also known as the Magdalen Islands or Ile de la Madeleine. And this little island uh, lies in the St. Lawrence River, um, just about uh, a few hours east of Montreal. In order to get there, you have to go through um, not Newfoundland, but Nova Scotia, and uh, sorry, PEI and Nova Scotia, uh, to get onto this island. And what makes it so unique is that it's got these beautiful white sounds, sands around it that almost give it a Caribbean feel, except the water is much, much colder, and, uh, and definitely you want to be um, kicking out there when it is, um, when it is at the summertime, because in the wintertime, it's just a big blob of winter, uh, on this island. And half the island speaks perfect French and the other half, uh, speaks perfect English. And it's funny because the island is still so small that few of the people's inhabitants are bilingual. So you would think that with both languages on the island, that they would easily communicate between each other, but they do not. And this is a fishing island, but what makes it also so beautiful is that you have these picturesque blue, red, yellow, and white houses and of all sorts of color dotting the landscape. Um, for kite surfers like myself, it is a bit of a paradise because you head out kite surfing for a grand session, catching wind, um, <laughs> catching wind, that sounds funny, with, with your kite and, and riding. And... Uh, and that makes it um, really sublime because after kite surfing, you come on shore. And what we do is we dig a hole in the sand. You put a, you put a big pot and you boil lobsters and you have oysters and lobsters on the beach um, that you just got from the fishermen because it is a fisherman's island. And that is how you feast after having had a good and proper kite surfing adventure. On to the next spot. Number three on my list would be 
um, went in Canada, head over to the Canadian Rockies. There's a lake, well, you, you may have heard of Banff National Park and Jasper National Park, and they are the gems of Canada when it comes to spectacular peaks and emerald lakes. And uh, very accessible. That's one of the unique things about them is they're very, very accessible. So, um, so definitely kick out to Banff and Jasper. And there's a lake called Moraine Lake, and it's one of the, I think, most photographed lakes in the world. Um, because of its sheer beauty, you got three peaks at the end of what's actually a relatively small lake. And, uh, and these three peaks tower over a, a, a hue of blue lake that you could never have imagined. It's really quite, quite beautiful, uh, and lovely to see. Um, then you've also got, um, uh, Maline Lake, which is in Jasper. And this lake extends for 22 kilometers. And I love to go camping at the other end of the lake. But for those that are a bit more wary of the expedition life or the adventurous life on that one, you can take a sightseeing boat that leaves from the end of the lake and takes you all the way down um, for you to see what is, in my opinion, one of the most spectacular, beautiful, mind-blowing lakes in the entire world. And um, so there you go. There you have another destination uh, in Canada that I highly, highly recommend. Um, what else could you do in Canada? There is a place called uh, Nunatsivut or Nunavut. Um, and this is in, in um, on the east coast of Canada, above Quebec and Ontario. And on this lake, um, well, on this lake, sorry, and on this area, um, you could do a, a fantastic trek to a place called the Torngat Mountains. And the Torngat Mountains are some of the least visited because they're so difficult to access lakes, uh, lakes. I keep saying lakes. I always think of lakes, places in the entire world because so few men, so few people actually end up going, uh, up there. So highly, highly recommend that definitely kick up to the Torngat mountains. Um, it's a very expensive trip as trips go, you know, several thousand dollars to take the flight up there. But I couldn't recommend it more because it is absolutely sublime. A few years back for a magazine and for the tourism board of, of uh, the area, we ended up going up there um, and getting guided by a guy that was half Australian, half Inuit. And that's a rarity. That's like saying a black polar bear or something. And uh, it was one of the most unique and wonderful trips that I've uh, ever been on for sure. And we were camping and, and uh, we even had a black bear that was coming far, far too close to camp. Um, and he actually had to shoo him away with a shotgun. Imagine that. It's like, please bear, go away. And, uh, and he, th uh, he did a, a shotgun shot near the foot of the bear. And then he did, um, he did bear bangs and bear whistlers. And those are to, Let's see if I'm trying to get my microphone back up and going, but it seems to be having some issues. So let's see if we can do this. Just one moment, please. Do bear with me. Um, so anyways, on this trip with the, with the bear, he ended up getting the bear to go away by throwing rocks at the bear. And the, the, the rocks hit the shoulder of the bear and off he went. Uh, let's see. And okay. Enter enter okay and there we go 
Um, and then the other thing that I was going to mention is that there's another gem that isn't as well known uh, in Canada, which is called Tofino. And this area is on Vancouver Island. And not a up going there uh, because they don't really know about it. And a lot of um, extranjeros, or should we say uh, people from abroad, uh, have never heard of Tofino. And it's a surfer's paradise, and it's got uh, beautiful beaches. One of the main ones is called Chesterman Beach. And from this beach, there's a, there's a hotel that's known for storm watching. And because it's a, a rainforest, there's massive amounts and copious amounts of rain obviously that hit the, the shoreline. You're also on the coast of, of what is the raw Pacific Ocean. And, and so storms abound as they just hit the shoreline over. Be my series of when in Canada. So stay tuned for the next one that will be coming your way shortly. Um, or should I just continue on all of these different places? I guess I may, you know, my microphone's not working, but I think the phone is working just fine. And I guess that's one of the great things about these uh, technology today is that the phone picks up everything just dandy. So why not keep on going for when in Canada? Because there are so many different things to do. So Tofino, one of the main things that, uh, aside from storm watching, that I highly recommend when you go out there is to surf. It is a surfer's paradise. And so many people... Um, don't realize that even though it's a cold water destination, the surfing is very easy to learn because you've got shallow sand that goes out for quite a fair ways. And with your wetsuit, it's actually quite comfortable. So highly recommend Tofino, which is on Vancouver Island, in the west coast of Canada, as one of the places to go when in Canada. Where else can I take you? How about some canoe tripping? Um, canoe tripping is indeed what got me into this lifestyle of adventure and camping and glamping and all that jazz. And, um, and it is character building, to say the least. And it began for me when I was a kid by going out on canoe trips uh, on a place called La Verandrie in Quebec or Papineau Labelle Reserves. And the difference between a phonic reserve and a national park is simply that a phonic reserve people can hunt and it's got different land usages as well. So definitely recommend uh, Quebec as a destination to, to kick out to um, for some canoe tripping over to Ontario for some solid, solid canoe tripping. And I think this activity is the quintessential Canadian activity to do. I mean, when in Canada, you must go paddling. And uh, paddling for me is one of the most relaxing and wonderful sports or activities that I like to do. So uh, definitely recommend canoe tripping as something to do for you um, when in Canada. Um, but those two provinces are the ones that have the most amount of lakes and rivers and streams. And there is so something so blissful and lovely about canoeing in our beautiful country. Um, so what else can I tell you? Where else is a destination to go to when in Canada? Well, of course, a visit to Canada is not properly done without perhaps touching upon some of our great cities. And we don't have the population of the United States or Mexico. And, you know, Mexico City alone has the population of our entire country, if you can imagine that. And 
But no, we are a land with not that many people, but a big, big amount of landscape and trees and forests and lakes and all that jazz. But we do have a few cities that might impress you, namely the one that I was born and raised in Montreal. This is one of the most multicultural cities in the world. In it, you'll find Arabs, Mexicans, Canadians, Portuguese, Brazilians, Jewish, Muslim, every denomination, every background, every um, religion um, in this one city, which actually has made it be uh, a dining cultural delight because you have uh, the ability to go eat any of those countries' meals within your own city. And for that reason, it is the high, one of the highest per capita when it comes to the quantity of restaurants that the city has. A few other very core things about Montreal is head on down to old Montreal, my old area where I used to live, um, which is the old Montreal, which is cobblestone streets and uh, 300, 200-year-old buildings. Um, and and you've got, uh, of course, every summer the circus is in town and the, Literally and figuratively, no. But the Circus Cirque du Soleil, the Circus of the Sun, is uh, a organization that's really neat because organizations show, it's a show that's really neat because it all started from this street guy and street performer that managed to make up a concept of street performing into a circus. And his success was so much so that he became close to a billionaire, I believe. Um, and, uh, and it's one of the most beautiful and magical uh, spectacles when it comes to shows that I've ever seen. So definitely, definitely, when you're in Montreal, you'll want to hit up Cirque du Soleil. And when in Canada, um, most definitely, if you're in Quebec, have yourself a proper poutine. What is a poutine? A poutine is fries as the, your base of the meal. Um, you add cheese curds on it, you know, the squeaky, squeaky cheese curds on it. And then you douse the whole thing in a beef-like gravy sauce. <laughs> and while that may not sound very appetizing, it's actually quite sumptuous and delicious. Um, so, so there you go. <laughs> when, when in Canada, don't forget to have your poutine in Quebec. Now, a few years ago, I had a series on Discovery Channel. And uh, we took a different Jeep to different parts of Canada to explore. And one of the really cool things about that, let me just add here something. One of the really cool uh, things about that is that um, we got to see different parts of the country in ways that we hadn't normally. Although a lot of the activities were done, um, things that we had had done in the past, um, there were some adventures that we hadn't done before. And heading out um, to Newfoundland and Labrador, um, while we had been there before, there was a hike called Gross Morn. And that's a fantastic hike that takes you up on this giant mound uh, on the middle of the island. And the the um, Newfoundland Newfoundlanders and Labradorians, because now the two combined, so it's now Newfoundland and Labrador, um, have the most quaint and curious accent when they speak as well, so much so that uh, sometimes they can't even be understood. Um, 
They, it is a part of the country that not so many people visit. It's got a smaller population than uh, pretty much all, mo many of the other provinces, but it is a gem uh, in itself to, to go there. Um, when in Canada, if you can head out on one of the uh, expeditions with my guiding company, Adventures Done Right, um, we take you guys to some of the most extraordinary places in the country. And one of our favorite places to go is none other but the Yellowknife or Yellowknife Northwest Territories. And for those unaware, Canada has two territories, one of which is Yukon and the next is Northwest Territories. And uh, obviously it's in the Northwest, <laughs> but it's so large that it could have been named something else. But what makes this place so interesting and, and fantastic to visit is that in the Northwest Territories, um, you see the Northern Lights like in few other places ever in the world. And I've seen the lights shine there to a degree that leave me baffled time and time again. So from Yellowknife, we do this guided trip. It's in September. So if anybody wants to come along, don't don't uh, hesitate, but send us a message. And uh, from September 1st to 8th, we take you on this spectacularly extraordinary canoe trip from Yellowknife. And we fly out to these remote lakes from, from which we paddle back while experiencing the Northern Lights every evening as we do so. And uh, it is a trip of a lifetime. So so highly recommend that when in Canada, you head up to the Northwest Territories because seeing the lights shine as you do there is quite different. And a lot of people say, well, I've seen them in Iceland or I might see them in Norway or different parts of the world. But what makes it unique is that the lights are very, very bright there. And, and why is that? It's just because... In a lot of places in the world where you do get to see the northern lights, there's a, there's a lot of water or bodies of water in the area. And this makes it such that there's a lot of condensation in the air. So when you go to Iceland, there's a lot of, you know, water particles in the air that make it so that when you're looking at the northern lights, they look a lot more blurry than you would imagine them to be or than you've seen them on camera photos uh, and whatnot. So you definitely want to take a different uh, view of the northern lights by going up to the Northwest Territories because they don't have much water in the area apart from Great Slave Lake, which is a pretty decent sized lake. But aside from that, there isn't much. So the climate is actually quite arid, which means tons of snow. And I mean, sorry, it means not a lot of snow, very, very cold and uh, very little precipitation. And <clears throat> as I just explained to you, very little precipitation equates to, um, to not having uh, lots of humidity in the air and not having lots of humidity in the air means that you have beautiful and clear views of the skies to see the Northern Lights. So Northwest Territories, put it on your list. Um, where else is really cool uh, that I could tell you about? Because Canada definitely has a lot of places. You know, I didn't touch on Lake Louise in Banff National Park, but looking at the sticker on the door of my Airstream, uh, I'm reminded that while there is a big Fairmont Hotel at the end of the lake that um, that is part of the, you know, that breaks the scenery a little bit, as, as we say. For those that do like the hotel type of life, it is a great way to see uh, Lake Louise. And Lake Louise is um, a glacier-fed lake, so you've got beautiful hues of blue um, that really will leave you quite uh, impressed. It is some of the coldest water in the world. Um, and when you do... Uh, if you do decide to go and 
end up going in winter, one of the most unique experiences in my life, and one that I'll never forget, is to be skating on this hard sheen of ice that has about an inch of fresh snow on it. But the snow is so powdery and light that I can just skate my evening away from end of the lake to end of the lake. And I remember in particular that I went out for a skate um, late one night and I was the only person in the lake. I had my headlamp on. Um, I had put some hot wine in a thermos. I strapped on my skates or tied up my skates and I headed out and I thought I wasn't going to be able to head out far because it had just snowed and I assumed that the snow would keep me from being able to skate on the ice. But it had just freshly snowed, which means that um, because there wasn't any snowpack underneath this and it was pretty uh, early on in the season, I was able to cut through that snow quite easily as if it wasn't even there. So looking down at my skates, it felt like I was gliding on clouds in the dark um, and it, there wasn't even the sheen of ice, but my skates were perfectly gliding on ice. And it's, uh, it still stands for me as that the best skating experience um, that I've ever had. So if you do end up going there um, in, uh, if you do end up going there in winter and you do end up nailing it when you can skate, it is amazing. And you can almost pretty much always skate. And the Fairmont in the basement has a skate rental shop. I had my own at the time, but, but they do have a skate rental shop. So uh, don't hesitate to, to not worry about whether you'll have skates or bring your own skates. Just go down to the shop and get what you need. Most of the time in the winter, they clear the ice and make skating rinks. And sometimes it's six skating rinks, one for people playing hockey, another one for people just um, skating around, uh, another one for kids, et cetera, et cetera. And there's often a little ice castle that they build as well, which is quite quite pretty to see. You know, I don't want to knock on the Fairmont at Lake Louise and be like, oh, well, it breaks the scenery. And while it does, there's another Fairmont that is one of my favorite if and when you're in Canada. And this is the one um, that's a bit further north and um, and it's uh, called the Fairmont Jasper Lake Lodge. Fairmont Jasper Lake Lodge. And, um, and it is unique old style cabins, log cabins overlooking an absolutely beautiful lake. Um, and I highly recommend that because um, it's a place where um, the dinner is incredibly sumptuous. You know, you could head into town to have dinner, but it, it would be a bit of a 20, 30 minute slog. So, um, so you end up having all your meals at the lodge. And we got it sponsored a few years ago, right before pandemic. And they gave us carte blanche on eating anything we wanted to eat um, while we were staying there. And it was special indeed because even the kids were having Kobe brief for lunch because why not when you can order anything from the menu? Um, wine, cheese, uh, mimosas in the morning. It was delightful. And that's definitely one of my favorite lodge experiences uh, that I've ever had. There's often elk walking around the property um, they've got canoes, kayaks, and paddle boards down by the water that you can rent as well. Um, and and if you're adventurous enough before heading up there, um, what we did is we went on an adventure to uh, Maline Lake. And that's the lake that I was recommending earlier, that if you do a big kayak or canoe trip on the lake, 
uh, it is unique and spectacular, albeit most people do that trip simply by taking the, the touristic um, scenic boat. Um, still, fantastic lodge and uh, went on a bit of a tangent there. Didn't expect to jump into the world of hotels. You know, in Quebec City, they do something that I haven't done since I was, I think, about 19 or 20, and that's the ice hotel. It gets so cold in Eastern Canada that you could build a hotel made of ice and expect it to stay there the entire winter. Um, and you actually stay at the hotel and they put furs, uh, as beds and they've got a warming room in case you do need to go to the warming room. And it's a unique experience in itself because you're, you're under these furs, but you're in a room that's made, uh, out of ice. And I do remember it being comfortable. I don't remember being like, wow, I'm so comfortable. It was more like, okay, that was bearable. Um, but, but as a lot of people don't know is in the same way that when you make an ice cave and you trap that heat inside uh, of an ice cave or a snow cave, then you'll usually hit around zero degrees in the cave, even though outside it may be minus 10 or minus 15 or minus 20. And um, you just got to make sure to cover the door uh, as well. So that's another cool spot that you, you definitely want to head out to. And that's in Eastern Canada in Quebec. Um, one of the neat things that they also do around this, uh, this hotel is, is they make wondrous snow, uh, ice sculptures, uh, whether it be fairies or angels or lizards or, um, personages. Um, you, you walk out and you'll be delighted to see, uh, the talent of these sculptors, uh, in the things that they create. Um, definitely very, very impressive. So if you do kick out there, uh, I highly recommend. Um, wow, I, you know, I didn't expect, I'm really liking this whole when in idea because I didn't expect that I'd be able to go on so long about one topic. And then I realized, you know, one of the things I most know to recommend is places to go and things to do. And that is why I have lived a life extraordinary. And that is why I was able to do these podcasts. Um, so I've touched on Quebec, on Quebec for the, Ice Hotel, um, you know, snowmobiling is a big activity that people love to do in Quebec when in Canada. Um, I touched on Newfoundland and Labrador and hiking up Gros Morne. Uh, I've actually kayaked in Bun Bay there and seen bioluminescence as I paddled. I touched on canoe tripping in Ontario and Quebec as a quintessentially Canadian activity. Um, definitely told you about heading up um, and exploring uh, all that is uh, the Rock, Canadian Rockies and Banff and Jasper National Park. And of course, let's not forget the west coast of Canada, Tofino and Vancouver Island. And in truth be told, I really could just keep going on talking to you about all the amazing places that I love in Canada. But on that note, the trails are calling to me and I'm going to go for a bike ride because after that, I got to pick up my kids and head for the forest. I'm Roberto for the Expeditioners. Thanks for tuning in to A Life Extraordinary. I'll talk to you soon. See you next time.